Welcome to Overtime on Inferno, your weekly roundup of all the big stories in CSGO. Quicker than Simple can throw his coach under the bus. Quick reminder, rate and review is the end of the episode. It really helps us. I'm Logan. This is AZS. I'm back. Hello. We missed you. I had to post last week and it was very uncomfortable. (laughs) I'd yeah. Look, I'd been working all day on Kato. Got off and was like, it was like four a.m. for tea time. It was like midnight for me. Oh no, it was like eleven for me. I think I was tired. I'd not done enough prep because I had been working. So I was like, and then I was like trying to explain to him, like, oh, yeah, no, this is what we're going to talk about. Tea time with Yumi, and tea time was like, nah, it's fine. Just hit us with like, just surprise us with questions. I'm like, brilliant. But those it. are the favorite people to have on. The people yeah. that are just like, I- I'm game to talk about whatever. Let's just go. Yeah, yeah. I got a, I got COVID in 2023 somehow. Uh, so I saw somebody today who was like, oh, I just got a message from somebody who said they had COVID when I saw them yesterday. I'm like, fantastic. Thanks for telling me. But I think I've had it too recently to get it again, so I should be okay. Yeah. So I, I, I died all last week. Uh, so we're it's alive now. Miserable but... minute. <laughs> it's so for... bad. The first time I had it, it was like, oh, I felt like shit for a day. I was off of work for three days last week with it. Like, I had it bad. Um, the worst but... I had, the one time I had it, my throat felt like it was twice as narrow as it is. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. my throat was killing me. I was I was on, like, four packs of soothers a day. It was horrible. So, I guess the only benefit of it was that we got this... I, I got to listen to Overtime Inferno for the first time since I stopped editing this podcast. Yeah. Because I listened to an entire episode about Asian Counter-Strike. I want to know what your 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 favorite bits of this was. For anyone that didn't listen, Elliot talked with Tea Time and Yumi last week about a just a giant thing of the current state of Asian Counter-Strike and why IHC is like now everyone's favorite team. Um, and how how we got to this point. So the the two bits that come to mind immediately, there was one where I think I'm pretty sure it was Yumi was just like, yeah, no, I feel like Annihilation's not even that good of an AWPA domestically, which kind of got the feeling because a lot of his clutches were actually with rifles. Um, and he's like, yeah, no, Annihilation's just not very good. Fantastic. Um, and I loved T-Time's idea of the Triple A League right at the end. Where he's like America, Australia, and Asia, just go to LAN and have a big league, and that would be great fun. I love it. That's great. It'd be so chaotic. So for for more insights about Asian Counter Strike, make sure you listen to last week's episode, which is season five, episode six. Um, that'll be up for ever as podcast episodes generally are. But I want to get to the topic that you guys didn't get to cover last week, which was the big thing that happened in Poland. Just just very quickly, you saying um. Podcast episodes tend to be up forever. If you search hard enough, there is some almost, almost like seven, eight years old, maybe, um, podcasts of mine that I did at university with a friend. I won't tell anyone the name because it's kind of embarrassing, but if you search hard enough, there are podcasts of if me. If you search on the hard internet. enough, there's two episodes of a pod, of a Counter Strike oh, podcast yes. that appeared before this, which I'll, I'll say the name because that's where matter. we found you. Yeah, called Binga Bangable because. Val couldn't get their sh- shit together, which was me and Nutsi, who later became our Valorant writer, um, us doing two podcasts. The second episode of that podcast 
we recorded the entire thing and then I realized you couldn't hear my mic. So we re-recorded an entire podcast. Wow. To put something out. It was terrible. <laughs> well, it clearly it worked because uh, yeah, we're uh, here now. Somehow Phil and Jacob found it and were like, we want this guy to do the podcast with you. And I was like, yeah, wicked. Let's do it. All right. Let's talk about Cato. Um, we're talking about you were there. We're going to talk about you being there, but I want to get to teams first. Um, I want to start with G2. Uh, obviously, they were the team that won the event. The um, best team in the world, undoubtedly. The, yeah, they looked ridiculous. Um, like they, I, the it feels like there's nothing to say because the answer is they are the best team in the world, and I think the only like real bit like thing I have here is why did it take them so long? I have a feeling I said something. Or I definitely was pretty high on G two in the like last show of the year last year when we were like doing predictions for 2023 and i was like because I, I kept saying g2 are going to win a major this year yeah i thought it a would be the second did. major but I, I can, mean, you was, can you see them can you see them losing a tournament at the moment no the only team who look close to them are heroic yeah hero so but just quick down the list and then i i have like four teams uh, three teams i want to talk about right so G2 first place looked really, really good. Heroic looked good through their Heroic was phenomenal until they came really against good. G2. I mean, yeah. the game against G2 is a really good game. The thing is, is like there was a lot of teams that looked really, really good. Liquid looked very good, surprisingly. Liquid were... They won, but they didn't feel as convincing. I Liquid but won, but they didn't they feel convincing. But here's the thing. Liquid played against G2 and didn't totally embarrass themselves. That's true. That's Which true. I think I... is like your mark right now, and they played well against Vitality. And if we want to talk about something about Liquid, you, it's the exercising their demons for half a minute on Overpass on coming back after twelve o start. Oh, yeah, that's why I didn't like, think they were that good. I remember now it's because of that twelve o start. Like I that twelve o start was, was rough. But any other Liquid previously would have just sat there and took it and died, and they came yeah. back and win the map. Right? Like there, that's a whole. That's some Yukindar influence right there. After that game, um, I always shout out Apex. A lot of a lot of players don't like really give shit loser interviews, and I don't blame them. If I had to do a loser interview, I'd struggle. But yeah, it, like he gave like long interviews, like he gave good interviews, and then he was the last person signing stuff from fans, apologizing to fans talking to them like you know this is my bad like this is what went wrong blah blah, blah. just like all around just seemed like a good dude and then later Classic. on because in Kato everything's closed by like 11 the only place left to eat was McDonald's so I, I walked into McDonald's with, with uh, some of the people I was with and um, the whole Liquid and Vitality teams were there and at one point we were sat next to some Vitality fans and Apex just like walked over and he talked to them in French uh, my French isn't very good but I understood him saying "Je suis désolé," which I'm extremely sad. I'm very sad. And it's like, he, you know, he he really, it really fucking hurt him. Like he yeah. and he made an effort to talk to fans about it and and explain his point of view. Which nice guy, Apex. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about Navi considerably more in a couple minutes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have thoughts on Navi. Uh, outsiders looked fine. I, I know they finished playoffs, but I didn't. I wasn't super huge, like 
into the outsiders vibe think, in this event. So what I will say is uh, outsiders are clearly back to where they were pre-major, which is like top eight uh, to yeah. in the world. But I think people are sleeping on how difficult it actually was to beat complexity at this event. Yeah. So uh, in what, retrospect, what... beating complexity two one is a genuinely good result from outside. We're we're gonna talk a lot about complexity. I wanna brush past them for a minute. FaZe's best look in this event, uh, I think was Russell Van Delken on the desk during the playoffs. Yeah, see I think FaZe were FaZe <laughs> were good. super bad. But I thought Twist on the desk was great. Um, and then I don't really want to talk about the rest of the teams here other than IHC finishing in not yeah, last. Yeah, respect. Which, respect. Um, okay, so G2 was the best team. They only had the best team in the world. It looks like undisputed. Um, and I think that everyone kind of expected that this was going to happen in a way. I kind uh, of thought Heroic might win the final. The way they dismantled Na'Vi was terrifying. Yeah. And I just thought, their system might be too much for G2, but it was only really a matter of time before yeah. a team with Nico, Hunter, JKS, and Monesty started winning shit. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about a team that finished 13-16, to 16, um, which is Cloud9, which I, to me is my over-underwhelming team of the event. Oh, yeah, by, by some... The only other argument is Furia. Yeah. The only Furia you kind of expect to be underwhelmed. Furia by. and NIP, I guess, are like your two other. Uh, NIP had a like, stand in, like yeah. <laughs> um, but Cloud Nine did this whole move to see to try and make their team better. And you and I have been saying that it is at best a side, a lateral move, right? It it hasn't done anything yet. Well, it has. Well, it, it has the worst. <laughs> like I think somebody said to me, I can't remember who it was was just like by if not before after the blast major inters will be back in for buster and i'm I like think yeah he, i think yeah, he'll be will. back in for buster but they'll they'll do, they, they have to do another move if they want to stay relevant yeah they really do and it has to be nathany you can't replace shira or axile yep. you're probably not going to replace hobbit the only certainly is nathany which is a shame but yeah but okay so Cloud9, most underwhelming team in the major. Most under, like, un, out of nowhere team in the major. Uh, why did I say the major? Out of nowhere team in Caddo is complexity. The yeah. team in which we had. They grinded co- that fucking asses off and we respect have completely to disregarded for the last couple of months. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, So, do you remember when this team was formed, we were both quite high on it? Which Wait, which part of this team was formed? Because they... The the core like the four, Americans. so okay Grim, so floppy, right when they joined fine. right when they joined complexity yeah Grim Floppy Fang yeah, yeah. But, but it was with Junior yeah. and you know happy to admit I got it horrendously wrong on Junior and largely we got it wrong I think everyone got it wrong on Junior but no some people would already decided he was shit and they were proven right but um. Finally, you're seeing why people were excited to see a team of Grimfang and Floppy together. Yeah. You're you're finally seeing it. Like Fang is a very solid floor player. Like he is he's the new rush. You know exactly what you're getting from Fang. He's got like, you know, 
tight mechanics, fearless. It can be a lockdown multi-kill player on TT side. Like he rarely does a lot too wrong, and he's quite selfless. You've got Grim, who is the the X Factor superstar player. Like he's your elite. Like he is your he gets his twenty, he gets his thirty when he needs them. Like he can do that. And then you have Floppy as the the closer, your Nafly type player. Like you you do have the Elige Nafly type combo in Grim yeah. and Floppy. You've got the hard entry to go with them. And now with Holzerk, now that he's been playing a hundred hours in the last week, they have an AWPA. And fuck me, was he good at this event? He was the top. I, I'm pretty sure in the play-in stage. Yeah, where they beat. Permita and Ents, who will we'll get to Ents later in the show, but so, I'm pretty sure in the play-in stage he won nine clutches. Ridiculous. And se- second place for clutches had won five. Yeah, that, that's like brokey type numbers, right? Yeah, he, was, an clutch he was winning every clutch. He was getting opening picks all the time. He was top fragging lobbies. He was a fucking nightmare to play against because he was an opener and a closer. Like, you didn't know where he was going to pop up. He could be hyper-aggressive, and he didn't seem to miss a single shot. Or he could be the shutdown post-plan warper. He could actually do both. Where previously, when I've seen Halzerk, he's been a great opener. But if he didn't get the opening pick, he kind of didn't do a whole lot. But he looked phenomenal. And that team then is like... It's a totally different thing. It's a totally totally different team. You put them in a totally different conversation, right? Because we we have talked about Floppy Grim Fang for since yeah. this team. Like we that had to be good, and JT has proven his chops on many occasions in terms of calling. It was I, I have some concerns with JT, but he is definitely not the worst IGL in the top thirty. No, that might be enough for me, honestly. <laughs> it might he's, be. he's not. He's not the best, but you know oh, what? Oh, there, ha- this poisoned me so much. At least they're a service. He, at least JT's a serviceable IGL. Yeah. Yeah. No. no he's not he, bad. I, I, my concerns would largely be to do with his mechanics, but he, he's a decent IGL. Yeah. He's not. But bad. oh, Apex is pretty awful or something. I mean, but Hauser just absolutely brought the team to a completely new level. Of yeah. If if we see that Halzerk some more, this team can be really good. And and looking at the looking at what they're doing, it didn't seem like somebody had to go nuclear. It seemed it always seemed like this this, well, more, this it, fe- it more felt like multiple players could go nuclear. Yeah. It felt like they were Which winning is despite players nicer. not doing that. But but it, it also they, felt like their players could. Like in the past it's been like you would get the odd thirty bomb from Fang. You yeah. You would see Grim pop off. You know, you'd see Floppy pop off. But it always felt fleeting. Uh-huh. Whereas this event, it was like Grim pops off one game, Holzerk drops like thirty the next game. You had Fang like locking down CT side like eighteen kills on CT side like what no one game. It actually felt like there was. It it felt like what I expected, which is a toolbox of players who could all take over the game, yeah. rather than it feeling like a toolbox of players who kind of weren't good enough. This is this is a money ball team. This is a team that is more than the sum of their parts. No, you... no, I, I don't think it is. I think that it used to just be worse than the sum of its parts. This is what the parts are capable of. This is what yeah. Grim can do. Like, this is what Grim can do to good teams. He can fucking rip them apart. Like, this is what Floppy can do. This is what Holzer can do. 
it, for ages, like we both know because we were both high on the scene. We knew that these players were better than what they were showing. And we finally <laughs> actually seen all four of their like non-in-game leader players looking like the players we expected them to. And like, if they can find a level to be a better, some better than the sum of their parts, they will be a top ten team because the parts in this team are fantastic. It's just for whatever reason it hadn't clicked until now, and they've just played so much in the last few weeks that they're actually at a level now where it's like, yeah, no, this team can fuck. This team can hang. Uh, I want to move to a team that has previously been described as the best team in the world at a given point in the last two years. Uh, it'll be not as sincere. Yeah. Um. They ended third, fourth, which on surface, totally reasonable, made playoffs, right? Was was able to take down outsiders to get into the semis. But this team for a while has looked like a shell of its former self. They're so... Um, they're back to just being what Na'Vi always were. The I think my bigger problem is an article that was released four days ago. Yeah. Um which was the HLTV interview with Simple, in which there was just throwing bit under the bus, throwing... Blade like, under the bus. Blade under the bus, saying, I don't know, you need to ask our coach. So the the, the big quote was, especially on Mirage, there have been some role... So this is an uh, interview essay. Especially on Mirage, there have been some rule changes. Works, for example, NPL is a diff in a difficult position connector, which is generally the most active position. There was a swap between Bid and Perfecto as well, as Bid is more of an egg now. Can you elaborate on why these changes were made and why your youngest and least experienced player is in the hardest position on the map? Simple's response: I don't know. You should ask our coach because I ask myself some of the same questions. I don't understand why. Never mind. So, my thoughts were. I remember during this game, that the, the interview, I turned to the guy I was sat next to and I said, why is Perfecto on short, bit on B, and NPL in connector? I remember distinctly going, what the fuck is going on? Because this, this is not normally. <laughs> this is not, like, <laughs> don't get me wrong, bit should probably be an anchor rifler. He has insane mechanics he's right. not always the brightest player in the world but he should be an a site anchor he should be on the bigger site because it lets him flex his mechanics more like that's that should be his role you can play him connector you could probably figure it out but connector is more it's you want a more experienced player i think electronic is a connector player anyway yeah but what i figure anchor? is yeah like i could see bit being good at b anchor So is Perfecto. Like, Perfecto on short. I, I don't hate it, but it just seemed really... Like, this team wasn't built to have Bit as the small sight anchor and NPL as a star rifler. That's not how this team was designed. Yeah. That That isn't how it should be. Like, and that, that doesn't make much sense to me. So, I couldn't... Like, first of all, Great question, because it's exactly what I was thinking watching the game. Second of all, I can understand why Simple's frustrated, and especially if he himself realizes the same thing, and he's like, he doesn't agree with his coach. So I kind of get his frustration, and then people are going to say, oh, you know, you shouldn't throw your coach under the bus, shouldn't air your dirt laundry. Yeah, fine. 
Simple's a passionate guy. Passion, Simple is not the kind of player who's happy to finish third to fourth. He's a fucking winner, man. He's the best player of all time. He might not have been at this event. And, you know, maybe he should take some responsibility for that as well. I'm not going to disagree. But I can understand him being frustrated with his teammates and, and with his coach because clearly there's something not right in this team. Yeah, and we don't have like a super better answer of what what it is, right? Because but we're we just talking about a team who finished third to fourth. They lost in the semi finals of Katowice, and then that, it, and then we're like talking about like there's some crisis team. And the problem is, is that we know what the ceiling for this team is. We we've seen the light, we've seen the the high points of what this team is, and anything but that high point, everything but a knobby dominant era or a team. Uh, an event in which Navi looks like is reasonable that they could win is just is a loss for them. Yeah, I agree. Um, but but this is also what Navi always were. Navi were always the team you talked about as a dark horse. They could win this event, but they're so inconsistent. And so many times through the years, I've seen this Navi where they smash everyone in groups. Get to semi-finals and lose 2-0. Like so many times, I think I've seen this from every iteration with Flamey, with Guardian, and this is just what Navi always were. That's why you, when they were so dominant, it was like a it's like a relief thing. It was like ah, oh, after all these years, Navi are finally the best team in the world, undisputed, unbeatable. And then, boom! It happened. The U- Russian-Ukraine war happened. And now they're trying to start again with a different roster, and yeah, there's there's a lot there. All right, so we've we've got one more one more thing I want to talk about. Uh, it's actually two. So let's talk about being in person at Cato. Um, yes, I want to talk about the air quality. Uh, I can't say I I can't say I noticed it, but uh, I know so, other people did. As I say, as someone who is very plugged in on the internet. Um, I saw I saw a lot of mentions about air quality issues. So Maui Snake's thing on Zaiwu being shit when the air quality's bad. I'm I think he's just trying to hint to ESL to stop having events in Gatavit. <laughs> That's my take on what he's doing. Um Zywoo's shit because he's always shit not as good in playoffs. And Apex is a terrible in-game leader. Um Kato itself it, it's a really odd city. Because it's not meant for tourists, and it's especially not meant for esports tourists. <laughs> Yet we go there every year, but but it kind of is now because people go there every year. Like, you know, there's a there's a bar that a lot of people go to, um, that is just like a gaming themed bar. Like, there's Mario Kart and Tekken and stuff you can play on the computers on the on like the, the consoles. All the drinks are like, oh, there's a there's a fire potion drink, there's an invisibility potion drink, there's a fucking um solid snake drink. Like um so clearly they they know, and I'm pretty sure the only reason people go to Katavita every year is for IAM. So they're trying to sort of rebrand themselves as like a city of culture and getting into the art and the music, but it's like you take like you go a hundred meters from the city centre and it's like it's properly Eastern European. It's properly Polish. I quite like that. I think it's quite charming. <laughs> I think it's charming to be in a place where you're almost not meant to be. 
like it's like just, why, my, why the hell would the multi-billion dollar esports high technical industry go to the small mining city in poland that's well, so I'm, weird and stuff on its own it's yeah great. yeah exactly and it's like what, why does this giant anyone in my family uh in the last 100 or 200 years has been to katowice polish people don't go to katowice it's I explained that, and this won't this probably won't land for you because you won't know this, but it's like if I like Sunderland or Middlesbrough had a big baseball tournament every year. Now, I know we have that. We have we have Will, Williamstown in Pennsylvania is known yeah. for one thing and one thing only: is the Little League World Series. Go Amazing ahead. every year, Little League World Series. Everyone knows about Williamstown because the Little League World Series, but no one goes to Williamson other than to go to the Little League World Series. Yeah, that's it. That's the only reason. Sunderland or Middlesbrough like having it would be even weird because it would be people flying in from the US to England to watch a baseball game in a place where like English people don't want to be. Never mind like tourists. It's really so like it's really odd, but it, that I find that quite uniquely charming. Like, yeah, okay, you go to Cologne and it's a more you know metropolitan city. It's you know it's more a, places it's to a... eat and drink, but it's like yeah, but it's. It feels a bit fake because they know people are coming to Cologne. Whereas Katowice feels like it's only just realized that people come to Katowice to watch eSports. It's quite charming. I want to talk about uh, one of the teams that was pointedly not at IEM Katowice uh, because they suck. But uh, the question that was posed to us via one of our crew members was they suck? Question mark. Uh, was this Australis? This is Australis. Yeah, they like they they beat Aurora in overtime to win some event I can't remember the name of. CCT. Oh, is it CCT? It was a CCT. CCT North Europe Series three. But to get there, they beat Eyeballers nine and Copenhagen Flames in blast groups. They beat Nip and OG. There is there is an argument to be made. I won't be making it. Um. There's argument to be made that device is back and that this team looks like it may actually be okay again. Yeah, I don't know. That, I'm not convinced. Stayed on the match over time in the final against Aurora. Hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Not convinced the team is good yeah. again. Just keep everyone. Keep your eyes on it. It's uh, we're I think we're a little too early to be able to to put a a timestamp on uh. On when we say Astralis is good again, um, I'd like to talk about something else. At Impact, uh, Katowice, which was Impact, Impact which I yeah, actually yeah. watched a decent amount of um, because it's more interesting than Astralis. Understandable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least they were at Katowice. Um, hey, hold on, before we talk about this, I swear we are still working on getting someone. Who yes, knows more yeah. about Impact than both of us on. Yeah, we're, 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 we have we're not forgotten about it. <laughs> We are actively working on it. We do want to get somebody in to talk a little bit about it. But I actually watched quite a few games because because of the way it was, the, the timing was a lot of the time it was on earlier than um, yeah. the stage games in the Spodek. Um and uh, it was it was pretty fun. Like I quite enjoyed. The, there's so much you can tell that they they've obviously picked up pretty quickly and that they've obviously copied or taken ideas from like the top level of Counter Strike and implemented it but sometimes it feels like the coordination isn't quite there which of course is normal i mean like one of the team's saints um saints is like a that's that's na 
Yeah, it's yeah, a mix yeah. and eight game. But they they basically one of them had like three jobs and still played four to six hours of Counter Strike a day and qualified for this event. I'm like, mad fucking respect. Yeah, because that's dedication. But Enigma, as they always do, won. But Furia pushed them really close in the semi final. Like I think closer than they ever have done before. You could tell Enigma are the best team. Their setups are clean. They have really nice crosshair placement on a couple of their riflers, and Anna just takes over games with the orb. I want to talk about impact in context of the major for a minute. Okay. Because um, in North America, we have evil geniuses who have three teams, and only one is allowed to participate in the RMRs. Uh, so it's the EG main team. Um, yes. and so you don't get CG black and EG white throughout the, the open qualifiers and stuff. Um, so I found out yesterday that Furia's female team actually was invited to the closed qualifier for South America. Right. Um, but they can't go because of Furia. Makes sense. Because it's two teams. And over in Asia, uh, HSG, HSG got an invite and will be going to compete in the RMR. HSG, I watched uh, one of their games, and their in-game leader is a player called GFI, who is a very good player, but quite clearly calls around herself. It's like uh, a bit, bit blame Effie back when he was on um, Endpoint. Blame F was never on Endpoint. Was he Complexity, not? Heroic. Before Complexity, I swear he was on it. He, he was, was definitely on, on a U- He was on a UK team at one point. Blame F. I'm I'm gonna look it up. I'm not percent sure. Okay. He basically just called the entire game around himself. Well, well you're looking this up. I wanna I wanna give a quick rundown of what the things that happened yesterday, which was Tuesday, February fourteenth. Um because a lot of things happened yesterday involving the North American RMR. Oh, it was Epsilon. It was Epsilon, not Epsilon. Okay. okay. I wanna talk about the North American RMR really quickly. Um so as as I think is pretty well known, we're decent friends with the folks over at Dust2, so uh, they invited me on their stream yesterday. Um, player got banned for cheating midway <laughs> through. Uh, the tournament started, uh, the open qualifier started at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, jobs in the U.S. generally go until 5 p.m. They had set up on the schedule for yesterday the first three matches, and then best of threes would take place the next day, which is today. Problem is, is that Open Qualifier 2 starts today, originally at 4 p.m., so they had to play those best of threes before Open Qualifier 2 started, so that way if you lost the best of three to qualify for the closed qualifier, you could play an Open Qualifier 2. So noon today, or 40 minutes ago as we're recording this, is the start time for best of threes to make the closed qualifier. So if you have a job or something, you're SOL, if you are on the West Coast, you have a match at 9 in the morning. Probably uh, even you, earlier than that, no? No, it's 9 in the morning. Okay. Um, the anti-cheat was in Portuguese. Uh, it was run on Gamers Club, which, while is a great choice for South America, they have great infrastructure there and stuff, the North American infrastructure is just non-existent. And their times for yesterday were in Eastern time, not Eastern Standard Time, which is the Brazil time zone for Rio de Janeiro, which is one hour earlier or one hour later than Eastern Standard Time, which is the only, the earliest time zone that other people will be in. Basically, 
all the times are off and you never saw a local time anywhere or a time zone. So if you were in Nova Scotia, you were on time. But other than that, you weren't. And, and also you'd assume myth- it was wrong anyway, even if you were in Nova Scotia. <laughs> and also Mythic qualified for the close qualifier. <laughs> Mythic tend to do all right in these things. And they, they do practice probably more than most NA teams. Well, it also seems that Nifty's team called Formula oh, God. is about to lo- qualify. Is, is oh. in the best of three, like, right now for qualifying. Um, Adam and I, uh, Adam, photographer at TLDR, um, went down the Nifty rabbit hole the other day. Because oh, somebody, told me, somebody told me to look at his bio and it's fucking, his Twitter bio is very yeah. old. Yeah. So all of that happened last night, including the player getting banned partway yeah. through. Um, absolutely hilarious night. All right. We have a to, bunch of... go, to go back to EG, um, their women's team like, was the team who lost to Saints to qualify, like, who didn't qualify to Katowice. EG are you know, signed a team that is just worse than a mixed team. That's not a good sign. Um, yeah, no, uh, Nigma Galaxy were are far and away the best team, but now Fury are starting to look like they know what they're doing. But in the in the game between each other, they both allowed through their normal permabands and won their normal permabands, which is really cool because... They both were like, yeah, no, I think one team doesn't play. Oh, I'm going to forget. I, I can't remember which one it is, but they they both allowed through their normal permabands, had them picked against them, and won them, which is cool as fuck. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 a it's a solid standard. But okay, I do think HSG will struggle in that qualifier because they're so reliant on... Like, when an in-game leader calls around themselves... It's, it's usually not, a bad sign for the other yeah, players that they're not super quite good enough. And that, that does tend to be the issue with impact teams in that the player base is a lot smaller. So there are going to be players who aren't as good in your region who you just have to take because there's n- not many other options. And that's not a slight anyone in particular. Yeah. But like that is when the player base is smaller, there's going to be a slightly lower level. A lot of them have slightly unbalanced like, this player is so much better than this one. It does happen. All right, we've got a bunch of quickfire stories today. Uh, so, a new case got released a week and a day ago to Counter-Strike, and it only took them about four days to find out that uh, we have copyrighted and stolen art again. Uh, so... Pay your artists, kids. Not, not just pay your artists. Like, yes. Don't steal their work. Don't steal someone else's work. Like, how we did this once already, and there was a giant scandal behind it. And Valve is finally letting people, like, design skins again that have not designed a skin before and get them into the game. And uh, how are we doing this again? <laughs> like, how, how is this what we've gotten to again? That we, this, <laughs> we're, we're back to plagiarism. Yeah. It's not ideal, is it? It's not a good look. I, I'm also, yeah, like, I obviously feel bad for the guy who it's happened to. But yeah. I'm like, I do struggle to care. Like, yeah, it's really bad and he shouldn't do it, but, and I hope the guy gets compensated, which I'm sure he will. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I already care very little about cases. 
What was interesting is quite how much Valve make from Case as I go and yeah, figured it out. So I want to talk about this. We wrote about this in the newsletter this week, which if you didn't read about it there, I'm surprised you're here. Um, <laughs> so Real. basically, uh, a Redditor figured out that Valve sees 20 million cases open per month. Um, and there's no cut on those at all because because they own Steam. They own Steam. So for two fifty a pop per key, they're Fuck getting hell. in like what is it twenty million dollars or something like that? Yeah, twenty twenty five. No, million no, 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 no. It's, no, it's forty million euros a month. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. times two and a half. That's that's a shit ton. Um, that's a lot. That's like half a billion dollars a year from cases alone. Um, Which is a, like a mind-melting <laughs> amount of money. I, I, I obviously knew it was going to be a lot, but yeah. I kind of never really figured it would be that much. I don't know many people who open cases regularly, but I suppose it only takes a... Like, if 1% of people... Like, it's probably a case where, like... You know the 80-20 rule? Yeah, 80% of people do 20% of something. There's probably a 20% of people that are doing 80% of the case openings. I mean, think about it this way. If there's, there's like, unique, what is it, 10 million Counter-Strike players every month or something like that? Yeah, I guess that's that true. That means that on average that every Counter-Strike player is opening two cases a month. Like, Yeah, and I guess there's probably people who open, like, one or two a week. I was going to say, I probably open, like, six a month or something like that. Cause you open six cases a month? I, I do this, I, I've... I've I used to open a lot more, but I did. Th- I stopped doing that, and so I just if I get dropped a case, I open the case, and that's it. I'm I open my like, at most one every month, two months. But but my point is, is like me who opens like let's say five, right? Yeah, that's ta- that's easy taking up for your lack. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. even it's it's not really lack if you open two a month, right? Then you're you're hidden average, right? Yeah, I get you. So. If we're talking unique players, so it, it's a metric shit ton, but honestly, it kind of seems a little low to me. <laughs> like, yeah, there's there's probably a lot of people who are very casual players as well who don't open any, and then there's going to be, and then there's like the skin trader and types, like, yeah, yeah, and like Jesus and like the uh, Zypel who are opening like hundreds a day and that kind of stuff. So forty million dollars a month, <laughs> and for what? Yeah, we get ancient and Anubis, and like, like we don't get a it's bigger. Inferno's still in the map pool. The Galil's been overpowered for fucking months. I'm not going to get into an Inferno tirade now. I just know <laughs> that Harry's run the numbers, and it's not looking good for Inferno. Love it, love it. He, okay, he's run uh, the numbers on how many saves there are on average. Per no, house no, no, no. Okay, okay, okay. I gotta, I gotta have a conversation. We talked about this on Dust Two Stream last night on how we can make things more even. Across the yeah. side, remove Inferno. No, Matt no, no, no. shouldn't be T-sided. And how we want to kill Jame time, and it's gotten to a point where um, Evil Cat, who is a former Counter Strike caster, yeah, yeah. currently Valorant caster, made a tweet about a Valorant thing. Uh, I saw and Riot responded the with Jame. Riot Games resp- Games account responded with, "It's Jame time. We've yeah. gone too far. We need to get rid of it." It's done, it's killed, but, get it out. <laughs> but the problem is that James is objectively correct, even though he's playing like a complete wet end. He's objectively right to do so. I know, but that's what I'm saying. We need to change it so that way we can kill James time. 
That's it. I, that's all I care about now. Okay. Rasters. Yeah, okay. The easiest way to do that is to remove Inferno. It's the map with the most saves. Do it. Uh, we have a ton of roster moves that happen really, really quickly. So, uh, Sprout plus Barry minus refresh on the IGL roll. Barry is yeah, refreshing. They, they, they trialed, uh, what's his name? They trialed someone else like two minutes beforehand. Fade too. or something like that. It's, it's a four-letter word. I can't remember his name. He was on Fnatic Rising. I'm finding out. Hold hold one moment, please. They, they trialed him for like one best of three after kicking the player and then just immediately. So they benched Zyphoon, they trialed Maze as the Maze, IGL. That's it. Yeah. And now they're trialing um Barry as an IGL. Basically they think refresh is be better using a role that's not the IGL, which don't totally disagree, but But also Zyphon was been, good. Yeah. I was say I think Zyphon is just your best player there so he's not their best player but he's oh actually his ratings in recent these aren't pretty he, he's, he's definitely the one of the better players um i don't know his ratings of the last like five or six series are ugly i'm not gonna lie to you okay oh um zyphon's good but he's not as good as lance he's not as good as stare yeah um and then we have the big stuff um yeah so big searson seems that he'll be leaving he's benched himself um and so the academy opera which is hyped will come up um so big is currently now taps and keto fab and crimbo hyped searson on the bench in addition with all of this tizian has said he's coming back didn't say he's coming back to big but i think he is on big payroll in some way shape or form and so he will be coming back to Counter-Strike. And Sin is still on Big Academy, which in itself is a sin. I would just like to address anyone, anyone, who is thinking about starting a HLTV thread or tweeting about Smoothie going to Big. Just stop, please. Just fucking don't do it. Just please don't do it. It's not going to happen. They, Wait, no. they they clearly want to stay German because they did have kept Jean Tarez. He's a word I won't use on a podcast because that's not a good look. He, like it clearly, he, he keeps getting kicked from teams. Like he he he's having to start his own like unsigned team that are okay. He's not good enough for tier one anyway. This is probably I probably am going in too harsh, but I'm just fucking tired. Of hearing, oh, they should get Smuya. Like it's still fucking 2019, and people still think he's good. Stop talking about it. And even with all of that, the big academy lineup is actually really fucking good. Yeah, well, they they're bringing up the opera, I guess. They they are. So like, do that, please. Like, you have an opera in house, and the big academy lineup has not been a slouch. Yeah, well, that's what they're doing, right? Yeah. yeah. So like, let let them let them cook. Yeah, see what happens. All right, speaking, speaking of none of that, actually, uh, one win. What a segue. Speaking <laughs> of complete non-sequiturs. Speaking of literally nothing to do, one win brought in Hooch as the coach, Boomich as an IGL, and Nickelback. They brought in Forrester as well. It's a gaming roster now. It's gaming. <laughs> I fucking love Hooch. I love the Hooch pickers. Just... Hooch, Boomich. That's a that's a duo like, I'm ready for. Forrester and Nickelback are just and Hooch are all straight X like entropic. Forrester's a 
Geezer as well. Fumich obviously was a good IGL and had out-of-server issues. I think Boomich... A thing that people sleep on with Boomich is he's actually quite good mechanically. He's just a good player. Like Yeah, he is a good player. Like right? he doesn't and he the sort of Russian style of having the coach who's basically the in game leader and the in game leader is just a puppet. What like what Blade does yeah. with Boomich. Hooch will Hooch might be the, the leader of this team where Boomich has the same role he did on Navi, which should suit him. And Deco has been really, really good on one win. He's also incredibly toxic. There's... I have no comment on the matter. I, I, I have no information. I've not really watched much of his streams or anything, but he streams all the time, and apparently he is he is a bastard. He's like a proper like he had beef with Sticker over something. He's like he's like quite famously difficult to work with, but he's really good. All right. Um, two more rosters. Uh, we'll do OG really quickly because that doesn't require a huge amount of like yeah. talking about. Uh, so Nexa is stepping down temporarily for yeah. some personal reasons. So Nico, uh, who is somehow still on their <laughs> roster, he was benched. He was benched and just still somehow benched. Will be playing during the RMR <laughs> um, as a sub. And then the last team we would need to talk about is. Ents, which has its own fun, which is benching Valde to a differences in play style, um, also known as not enough firepower. They yeah. are. Wait, hold, hold, let, let me get through the whole thing, and then, then we'll talk about. We'll, we'll talk about. All right. They are bringing in Henu from their academy team, which, if you actually knew the Ents had an academy team, I'd be surprised. And, I this, and then it sounds like there's some some small reasons, right? That Nertz, who is the an Israeli player from Endpoint, who had would previously targeted by Ents last summer when they picked up Valde, has missed the major qual RMR qualifier with Endpoint for personal reasons. So there's some some tinfoil hack conspiracy theory that they're trying to pull Nertz over. And Nerds had to sit himself out of the qualifier to make sure that he could play with Ents. It wouldn't be the first time, given... I'm pretty sure it happened at Endpoint before. You know when... Oh, well, I won't get well, into it. I mean, here's the thing. But... There have been three Israelis, and they've either all gone through Endpoint or Ents. Yeah. This one, Nerds going over, would be the first to go through Endpoint and Ents. And the other two are pretty goddamn yeah. good. I, I think it would make sense. It, it probably makes sense. Um... I remember when the Faude move was announced and it was like I kind I thought I understood which is that he would actually kind of say Hades roles or a son pious would be the star and it's more like Sphinx's roles. Um I wonder if that's actually kind of true and Faude's like no I should be a star player but I also don't think he's that type of player but I am starting to wonder if Faude's actually that good. You're Every starting team? to? Well, like, is he just a complete myth? And I hate saying this because I liked that. I loved him when he was on North. 
But every team he's on, there's a bit of a shit show, and he sort of leaves inconspicuously every time. Yeah, it always feels like there's this, like, the promise of Valde, and then yeah. the actual... It's like, Mom, we have Valde at home. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of like... Although, to be fair, Deho was kind of like that before Entz as well, where it's like, we were always told he was really good. Obviously, Valde is a slightly different level, but, like... but. That we were always told Diha was good, and he was never on an actual team other than that weird Virtus Pro mix. Yeah, that was like post the plow, where they said we're gonna do young people, but also for some reason keep Biali or Snacks or Pasha. It was a weird lineup, right? And we hadn't seen him on a tier one team really until Ants. Yeah, no, that's true. But we've right. seen Valde on. I don't know, man. I'm not convinced. Like, that Valde's actually. Any good? It's weird because he clearly is, but he he seems to just have an issue being on and staying on consistently good teams. He, I'm pretty sure he he pissed some people off at North or was pissed off at North and left. Uh, he he's never got that call up to Australis that it seemed like he was going to get. And you watch him, and it's clearly good, but he isn't all that consistent. Every team he's on is kind of mediocre. I wonder if there's, like, maybe an ego thing, which is why, like, oh, difference in opinion on how to play the game. Like, they want him to be, like, a glorified support player. I think he might just be a bit of a myth. The, the idea of Valde is always better than what Valde actually is. Yeah. And on that disappointment, we're going to end today. <laughs> um, quick announcement for what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. Uh, in the road up Subject to the orange. What? It's subject to change. Subject to change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the road up to the RMRs, we're going to try and get people on to talk about regions specifically. So you have a good primer guide on heading into the RMR, what things will look like. Um, we covered Asia last week. Uh, we're going to try and get a group on from OS, a group on from Europe, a group on from South America, and a group on from North America. So that way you can have your best primer for all the RMRs in one place. Um, so hopefully we'll be here next week with one of those regions. If we're not, we'll start the week after. We have a lot of regions to get through, and the RMRs, although they start at the beginning of April, that's sooner than you think. So... Yeah. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Logan Remhap, at Easy Eskin, at RetailDR, and we will be back again next week. Goodbye, everyone.